Wanna walk to the Believer Sermon together? Yo, bro, you made it! <laughs> Kick a lot of demon ass. <laughs> like it was nothing. I'm telling you, bro, with our, like, combined powers, those demons are donezo. Right! We're gonna be late! Oh, snap! Violet, is that you? This is crazy! <laughs> it's like the gang's all here! Cut. I'm sorry. Do I know you? Are we all mutuals here? Yeah, man! Violet was our crew's littlest badass. She's also mad freaky. Like this one time I read her diary, and she had written this crazy fanfic about her and the bot. Shut the hell! Ow, 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 Violet! <laughs> Cut it out! Let's see how much you like talking without a tongue, bastard! Uncle, uncle, uncle! <laughs> they may be freaks, but they're my freaks, supposedly. Welcome to episode 45 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Akuma to my Kami, John. Now, John, I have a funny story to tell you. Ooh, hit me with it. <laughs> so I was randomly listening to an, the episode of Triple Click this week. Okay. And they were just talking about Zelda. But in uh-huh. their podcast, they went and announced their bonus episode. Uh-oh. Can you can you guess what their bonus episode was for the month of April? Is it Persona 5? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what you're telling me is we are right up alongside Jason Schreier yep. in this industry. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we said it first, too. We, we beat him by, you know, well, we announced it last episode, so it's we beat yeah. him by like six days, so... <laughs> what is their what is their reasoning for going to back to Persona Five? Like, isn't that Shryer, one of Shryer's favorites that I'm sure he played? I mean, unless if it's just time for a replay for him. I think I Kirk Kirk on the show just finished it. So, okay. uh, and even similarly, Maddie Myers is just watching it like you did. <laughs> oh, really? what what? <laughs> I don't want to be compared to her though. <laughs> So, I don't know. I had a good laugh. I like. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Posers. Oh, that's it. That's interesting. And yeah, and I mean, we'll be able to, uh, you know, compare and contrast. You know, amateur professionals. We'll see. You know, see how close we are. It's true. I almost want to pay for the bonus episode just so I can I can compare. Oh, it's a pay thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's well, there's our behind a paywall. So. We'll get there one day, Nick. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the show, just one quick announcement. I don't know if you saw this, John, but Diablo 4 is doing a server slam, which means they're bringing back the beta. So you- mm, I, I just saw that they had like a like one of those, you know, um, coy tweets that every company loves to tweet out. You know, somebody's like, I could go for some Diablo. And they're like, we might have something to do. And so that's all I saw. Yeah, so it's just coming back May 12th to May 14th. Same deal, same level cap, same characters don't progress over. But if you missed out on the first beta, uh, you can check it out once again. <laughs> same same five steps of grief. <laughs> like, I have to you know, rationalize why I will not be playing this game. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. That's out there for those those folks who have time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I can't imagine someone like, oh, I'll just play through it again. 
And right. then it wiped. <laughs> right. And it's so, and especially that close to release. I mean, you're talking weeks now. You know. I imagine Diablo's got to be in that land of games where there's just certain people that that is their game, right? Like, you know, sure. it's not not to the level of like a wow, but I imagine the people, there are a group of people that's like, yeah, no, when there's a fresh hot Diablo, that's all I'm playing. And I just get to the end and I, I grind, 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 and God bless you. But, yeah. um, you know, all characters, not the us. <laughs> right craziness I thought about doing that with Borderlands once and then I, I noped out I think halfway through the second character I was like this is, this is dumb yeah. there's other things to do yeah it's never worth your time <laughs> no alright so we got a jam packed show today so let's move into the format this is how it works John and I both bring three things to talk about it can be a video game we're playing a news item, a topic, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Follow us there for updates on the show. And before we get into the six things, I think it's no secret on the show that John and I work together. Mm. And we have said many times that that has an effect on the show because we can talk about a lot of the things right away. We don't we don't wait to see each other all week and then just go have a big blowout of video game chat on the podcast. We usually talked about most of the things in person. I guess I could start shunning you if you want. Yeah, that's fine. Let's just we'll just ignore each other in the hallways and whatnot. Okay. <laughs> but uh, this week will be very different because and next week too, uh, in yeah. which we will not have that opportunity. So uh, the things we're talking about today we. We've never talked to each other about, so it's going to be yeah, quite exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're recording from our lovely, lovely homes, you know, far away from each other. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I am I am at my house. So if you hear a little small child screaming in the background, I don't have a dungeon. I, those are my, my baby girls trying to probably fall asleep. So I don't know if that will bleed through the mic if they, <laughs> they scream. So uh, just a heads up on that. But yeah, no, this is uh, this is kind of uncharted territories. You know, I, I wish it was more, you know, we had like some brand new big like God of War type deals to talk about, but it'll be fun, fun nonetheless. Sure, sure. And I'm going to bring the first thing and that will be the big Sony release of the week. And that is the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores. Are you excited to hear about this, John? I, I am, you know, I, I have a couple questions written. No, not nothing crazy, but uh, I'm curious to see what is different about this version. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let me break it down for you. Uh, I mm. did beat it. It takes oh, wow. it takes about five hours to complete. Okay, it's I can tell by your tone that you don't like it already. <laughs> Just so you know, that's how, that's how much I know you. <laughs> it's uh, five main quest, two okay. side quest. And an additional cauldron. Um, mm-hmm. I did not do any of the other side content. I didn't do, you know, the forbidden ruins or there was an enemy. There's some enemy bases around. I didn't touch those. Um, okay. And that does sound like not a lot when you add it all up. But each of those quests is very lengthy. I will say that. Like, it's not just, you know, do one thing done. Uh, one of the side quests, for example, broke into, you know, two two more side quests. Two more uh, objectives on the map, and then that yeah. one broke into another objective on the map, and then it led to me to have to come back for the, the to wrap it up. So, um, okay. So again, I know those kind of quests all too well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a, there's a lot of steps to each one, um, and this is how kind of the story works: is you have to complete the main game, you get a quest mm-hmm. from Silence, 
And uh oh, one of those Zenith guys got away. <laughs> oh, the far Zenith weirdos. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> characters from, from Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West. And the sure. plot resolves around Aloy, who, you know, needed the the help of everybody to beat them the first time, you know. Uh, Lance Riddick's character, Silence, uh, Gaia, the supercomputer, to take down the rest of them. But, you know, she's going to bring sure She's going to be like, I'm going by myself. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's what she did in the first, in Forbidden West, too. She's like, I don't need anybody's help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you do. Fine. Yeah. And <laughs> That's how it seems. That's like Aloy's, Aloy's train of thought every single time. Yeah, and so you you go you fly to Forbidden West, you know, using the flying mounts, and not two seconds in, they take the flying mounts away. Uh, they have a MacGuffin <laughs> that shoots down the flying mounts, so you're uh, you okay. land, and you know what the remnants of L.A. slash Hollywood, and now instead of uh, flying, you have a boat called your skiff, and you kind of fly uh, drive that around to the various islands. That's kind of a new mechanic. Um, okay. Yeah, and again, this continues a lot of the problems that I had with Horizon Forbidden West. And the first one is the really bad writing, uh, yeah. including bringing back these absurd characters. And he's just your typical, just horrible human being, uh, this far zenith member that got away. And just side characters and plots that just don't go anywhere interesting. Which is funny because the first game was so interesting. The story was one of the strongest parts in Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. It's so yeah. weird. Like I don't know what happened. Like they're so stuck on these like super powered humans from space that I I just I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting direction they took the story in that I, I know you're not a fan of. I'm not the biggest fan of either. I have heard some people, you know, really like it though. So maybe it's just this genre of sci-fi that we just don't vibe with. But I was really kind of hoping that the story of Horizon, yeah, would have kind of revolved more around maybe like warring tribes across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that kind of stuff as opposed to, yeah, spacemen with shiny heads that have space lasers. Um, yeah. Or- so that's, that's a, yeah, it's a little disappointing I heard that this game does kind of branch into the lead into the third one, though. So yeah, maybe I'm sure maybe you'll touch upon that here in a second. Yeah, it teases it at the end. Uh, Silence kind of goes over what's going to be need to be needed to be done to take on Nemesis, which will be the big bad guy of the third game. Uh, but All it's right. it's nothing crazy. It's pretty predictable. Um, yeah. But uh, and that's the other thing that you mentioned though too is it's we've talked about this in the past too. It's it's kind of staggering how forgettable the side characters are in in the Horizon (laughs) series. Like, you know, the one guy that annoys the shit out of me that was in the first two, I I still can't think of his name. It's like Aaron or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good good guess. But name any of the other characters. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Oh, I got one, Varl. But, (laughs) you know, those are the two biggest side characters. But everybody else is just, you know, insert weird tribal person with interesting hair, uh, a a crazy outfit, and they all just feel the same. And they're all outcasts of their tribes. (laughs) Right, right. And surprising, the new character in this is the exact same thing. You know, she's an outcast of their tribe, and it's just, it's just... It's the worst part. Like, there's just, there's so much interesting things they can do with this scenario that it seems like they just thought of them all in the first game and then they can't think of what to do next. I don't know. 
It just sounds like they took they they had a very important fork in the road probably at the end of the first game that they had to decide what to do with the story and they just they took a, the wrong path in my opinion but yeah they should you have, know I mean the AIs are the most interesting part like the all the right. different uh, functions of Gaia like that that should have been what it, it would have been about because Hades was such a good uh, antagonist in the first game that yeah. I just yeah why they they didn't lean into that. Yeah, and you know it's it's maybe you know Captain Hindsight and all, but it, it you know at, at least it's pretty, right? Like it's the is it really pretty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, tell, all, tell me, tell me, I'm pretty, Nick. <laughs> all the strengths of Horizon are there. Uh, the beautiful environments, the new robots. There's a new giant frog called the Bile Gut, and he's awesome. Like he's just an nice. awesome thing to fight. Nice. Um, They've teased the you know the water wings, which are these flying mounts that can dive underwater, and you can swim mm-hmm. underwater with them. All that's there. The the beauty of the world, just watching all these robot animals and dinosaurs in their habitats. It's like you know I was in the skiff, and there was just a giant whirlpool in the middle of the water, and I was like, what the hell is this? And I dived down, and it's I forget the the he was one of my nominees for best bosses, you know oh, the, the swimming yeah. guy. It looks like Lapras from Pokemon. Yeah, that one. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He was just swimming in a circle <laughs> under the water so fast that he was causing like a whirlpool. And, and, oh, that's dope. And, yeah, and it, that was a cool moment. And uh, yeah, so all the strengths are there. You do get like, you get a new Zenith weapon that's fun to play with uh, that you can use to grapple close to enemies and do kind of like this quick time event uh, uh, finishing move. And it also turns into like a Gatling gun or a rail gun. Um, nice. Yeah, the, the combat is still very satisfying, except when it comes to the bosses in the game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which I, I'm pretty sure is also a one of the bad things about Forbidden West is when you're not fighting the robot, the typical oh, robot yeah. enemies, and you're, yeah. you're facing a regular boss. That's where the game really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's always been the case when... I mean, and it, and it makes sense, you know, if, if you have giant robot animals and then not those <laughs> i know what i know which one's going to be more fun to fight mm-hmm. <laughs> you know at the end of the day and so uh you know i guess that would be up to the combat and, and level designers to make a encounter that's engaging and stuff and yeah it's a bummer that they they didn't get there but yeah when compared against the bile gut i'm sure every anything probably would have seemed a little lackluster yeah yeah for sure so so again i i want to get back to reviews I know we only yeah. reviewed Dead Space <laughs> and then never brought oh, yeah. it back, really. So I want right. to review on you know our the five point scale: one being stay the hell away from this, and five being a masterpiece slash perfect game. Yep. I'm gonna give this a two. It's Ooh. I would not I would not touch this. You know, like unless really? you're really dying for more Forbidden West, but there's so much in the base game that why would you go to this? Like I just, so okay, that that was gonna be my my one question that I've always wanted to know since this th- project was announced because I'm I'm one of those guys that is a little bummed out. We've been in this cross generational phase for over two years. So being that this is PS5 only, do you do you feel that? Do you notice it immediately, or is it something that you kind of have to like really look into the fine details to notice? You notice it in the final boss fight that. That is where you definitely know that this is a PS5 game. Other okay. than that, no. There's still pop in. There's still weird glitches here and there. 
Um, that's the only time I was like, wow, this is a PS5 moment was the final fight of the game. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of like where I'm, I'm, you know, wrestling with my idea of if I should buy it or not. It's like, you know, it's 20 bucks, yep. pretty reasonably priced. You know, it's not it's not going to break the bank. And like like I we were talking, the entry or just the baseline for Horizon of having very pretty graphics, awesome fights and cool looking enemies might be worth it for 20 bucks. But, you know, obviously there's no story there to be had. So maybe for me, it, it sounds like you've kind of put me in the place of a wait for a 50% off sale type deal, or at least at least the next time I'm looking to get back into PlayStation Extra, because, you know, I don't want to have to play for pay for PlayStation Extra and then get this on top of it if it's not really that good of an experience, but um, No, I, I, I guess... I'm giving it a two. I'm saying don't even do that. No, don't even no, don't I, pay I, a single no, dime. I know. <laughs> don't you don't, you don't think You don't think... You don't think... 10 bucks? You don't think it's worth it for 10 bucks, huh? Unless you're dying to play more Forbidden West, that's yeah. I, but I think well, there's so many games out right now. I wouldn't. Why would you do that over Tears of the Kingdom or any other game that you know we yeah. can we can recommend out there? I mean, it's, we're going to be stacked here. But I would just do say, you do think that, that there's any of those? Do you think that there's story content that is you know really crucial in this one? That will lead into the third game, or no? Other than the epilogue of this, yeah, which can you can YouTube. Yep, yeah, which you can YouTube. That's the only thing that matters. Okay, that's it. Okay, and then one other question for you, Nick, and this is not really anything to do with the quality of the game or anything like that, but this DLC released about 14 months after the base game. What's your feelings on that? Do you think that that's like, do you think that's too long? Do you think that's like fine for something of this level? Because to me, it just seems like DLC. I know people hate day one DLC, right? That's that's never going to come back because there's just too many people that would get upset. Mm-hmm. But I think 14 months is is stretching it too long. And and you know, do you agree? And did you feel like you, you know, uh, wish it was a little bit closer to launch so you remembered more stuff? I guess I prefer DLC closer to launch. Personally, I know why they kind of do this because hey, it brings more life into the game. I'm sure they can sell a game of the year edition with this included. And then you have this nice big package, this Horizon Forbidden West, you know, perfect game of the year collection. Um, yeah. But personally, no, I always like it closer to the game because, again, we we tend to sell games. And if I didn't ha- if it didn't come to extra, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had a way to play it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the world we live in now, you know, with like Elden Ring, that DLC is going to come out super late. Um, you know, what's the other one? That's, there's another big one. Uh, Cyberpunk, right? That mm-hmm. one's going to be coming out way after launch. So I guess just with the way that development cycles and things take nowadays with how long all the all this takes, I guess that's kind of the happy middle ground. If, you know, if people want more of that experience, you kind of have to just wait for it. And be willing to and be willing to jump back into it. And, and definitely the length, like I like you mentioned, Cyberpunk, and that made me think of this, is like the, that's like a true expansion. I would imagine. Uh, oh, that thing's gonna be meaty. It's gonna be, be like hours twenty easy. hours as opposed, <laughs> yeah. and probably cost the same, which is the funny thing. Because uh, yeah. I think I'm, I bet that'll be thirty. I don't know. Because we'll I think see. all the expansions for Witcher Three were thirty dollars altogether. Yeah, but. But that inflation, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
so that's the other thing is like this isn't very long and when you I, I don't always like to make that price comparison but when you're comparing yeah. how much game you get with $70 of Forbidden West compared to $20 of Burning Shores it's like there's not a lot you know yeah yeah no I can't I can't argue with you well, that's a bummer. I mean, I guess it makes a little more sense. I think it's sitting, what, at like an 81 on Open Critic, which is not a bad score, but, you know, for, for one of the flagship franchises of Sony First Party, you'd kind of expect a little bit more. You know, if Naughty Dog releases a DLC, you, you expect that to be just as high a quality, but, yeah. you know, it's out there if you're looking for more for more Horizon, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's on not par a, with no, no. normal Sony DLC, because I think that what was the last one was like Spider-Man, right? The city that yeah, never that sleeps. Yeah, that one sucked. Yeah, that, and one that sucked. was around this probably around the same amount uh, of quality. So yeah, I mean there was Iki Island, uh, which I didn't. Oh I don't yeah, think I we didn't check played. that out. Yeah, that's um, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. I, I played it. You just so you, you don't have it, to. You did it. Good. <laughs> Took one for the team. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do something a little more news heavy, but but a pretty pretty big one, albeit you know not a an exciting studio that we're about to talk about. But Sony's bought a brand new team, which you know you don't is a headline that you don't get to say every day. So uh, the team in question is Firewalk Studios. Uh, now, you might be asking yourself, what games have they made? Well, the answer to that question is nothing. They have not made any games yet, but it's not any reason to not be excited about this purchase. So, uh, originally paired up in 2021 when Sony announced a publishing partnership with Probably Monsters and Firewalk, Sony has seemingly been so impressed with by what the team has been showing them that they wanted to put a ring on it. Uh, Firewalk is a brand new team filled with vet- veterans from Bungie, Respawn, Activision, BioWare, Ravensoft, and more. Their staff has helped shape franchises such as Call of Duty, Destiny, Halo, Apex Legends, and Mass Effect. Uh, Originally formed in 2018 as a part of Probably Monsters uh, and is led by seasoned developers who know and love multiplayer games, their experienced leadership team has helped launch some of the biggest entertainment properties across game and film. Um, So, you know, I... I obviously I think Nick we can both kind of agree what this charge of this studio is going to be. What what is what's your initial thoughts when you with this studio? What do you think kind of game they're going to be working on? Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be the Call of Duty competitor, the a first person. Boy, I'm I wouldn't be shocked if it was some kind of modern warfare, maybe a little bit of an advanced warfare, maybe like a 50 years from now game where you have modern weaponry and it's going to have all the bells and whistles of a war zone slash single player campaign. I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to yep. be one of those. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it's, I think this is Sony securing their call of duty rival, their future, um, you know, for whatever, what, whenever this Activision Blizzard deal goes through, um, you know, I think this is, they're going to kind of be their plan. Um, you know, with the I, with the people from Bungie, Respawn, and Activision alone, I, I would imagine you're right, Nick. It's going to be a modern warfare, futuristic kind of shooter. I would imagine you're going to see some elements like from Titanfall, if like the Respawn guys are there, where there's might be some fast movement mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But And then if you get Bungie working on it to make sure, sh- you know, Bungie, former Bungie people, but as well as Sony having Bungie on their on their side as well. You, you can imagine this is obviously going to probably be one of those live service games, going to have a lot of that stuff tied into it but I would also expect a very very high quality first person shooter uh, whenever we do see anything from this game mm-hmm. but um, I just wanted to ask you too Nick have you ever heard of uh, probably monsters because I had to look this up when when I was kind of researching no this. I only I only saw it when I saw this announcement <laughs> 
Yeah. It's just a weird weird thing, but I just wanted to mention it just so we are all on the same page. But probably Monsters is a, like, it's almost a, um, a co-op of sorts. They, like, kind of own a group of studios, and then basically their whole focus and mission is to make sure that there is fair treatment and having a better industry. So I think, you know, no, no crunch time, um, fair working conditions, things like that. So I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting. I just wanted to point that out. It's like, ah, oh, it's like not a developer per se, but they own a couple, they own three teams. Firewalk was one of them, but, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing that I never really saw. I, my guess would have been their venture capitalist <laughs> who yeah, fund the start yeah. of a studio so they can get bought and then they recoup their investments. No, that, I mean, maybe there's a little column, a little column B, you know, I'm sure there's, there's obviously the business side to it, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I just, I thought that was interesting, but, um, yeah, so, you know, not much more to say. Um, you know, we will know more, I, hopefully. I do oh, have go. something to What's add. Up? Is if, yeah. if this, with this and with the rumored Square Enix uh, acquisition that's been rumored yeah. that we think is waiting on the Activision Blizzard thing to be done with, uh, Sony's portfolio is pretty dope. Like if you think if yeah. like this studio's making a first person game, Bungie's making a first person game, all their normal studios making their games, and then you're talking the whole JRPG MMORPG factory that is Square Enix, um, you're looking at a like just the the very varied portfolio of games, and that's kind mm-hmm. of exciting. It's a very smart decision if that if all this comes to pass that I think will. Yeah. Um- I, I agree, man. I mean, I, I think everybody who's kind of in touch with the industry would would agree that the biggest thing that Sony would be missing from their from their studios would be a first person shooter. You know, Microsoft hmm. dominates in that space with Doom, Call of Duty seemingly going to be there, uh, and lots of others. But Sony needed something like that. So I, I think that this if this team pans out and if the products that they come out are of a Sony quality, this could be their ace in the hole, man. This could be their avenue into getting people to be like, I don't like if they can release a game that is of Call of Duty quali- quality, if not better, I would expect it to be better, but they need to try and capitalize on Mindshare. And with the sales that we've seen of the PS5 lately, I believe it was last week or last month, it was up 369% in the UK, as opposed to Microsoft Xbox being down 10%. You know, they have a lot of smart things in motion. Um, you know, and this is just another one of those those pieces that they added into the puzzle where they really are trying to shore up the, you know, cracks in the in the mortar, so to speak, and the, the corners that they don't really have. You know, they got mm. Nixes to help shore up the PC side of thing. They bought Valkyrie just to add some support because development costs is becoming so high and development time is so long. They got Bungie to help with the live service aspects. And here you go with a with a first person shooting studio. And if Square Enix is if that rumor turns out out to be true, I mean the only thing they don't really have that you could argue Microsoft still has a leg up on is like Western RPGs um, with like Bethesda and whatnot. But you know there's still offerings from CD Projekt Red and things like that. So I don't think Sony's really too worried about that. But it's you know it's something that we're, I, we'll probably need to talk more about on the show you know in future weeks. Nick is like there's just I don't know man I keep getting seeing more and more and more reports and things of of just bad health on the Microsoft side and it's not you know it's partly because of Sony and just how good of a product they make but also 
I just wonder if the decisions they've made in the past couple of years that seemingly seemed very future forward might start to come back and bite them in the butt again because you know we're, we're seeing another game it's not a huge game uh oxen free 2 is coming to every other platform except for microsoft's coming to switch pc playstation because there's this underlying feeling that like there is games are not sold on xbox right now mm-hmm. the only re- way for co- these companies to make money is if they take a game pass deal and there's going to be a lot of developers and things out there that just don't want that and so it could be this death of a thousand cuts type thing that just continues to add up you know despite game pass being successful and kind of a cool feature it's just i i don't know man i i think i think you know this is just yeah another version of Sony being a little bit smart and, and taking a different path than Microsoft does. And, you know, if it works out, it's going to be huge for them. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It'll, right. it'll right be over. an interesting, like this summer game fest area we'll, where we see what, where everything's, what everything happens and <laughs> where, yeah. where Microsoft's at and where Sony's at, because they're both kind of, hmm? I mean, we know Starfield's later this year. Uh, so Dude, every Starfield is so important. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm I'm nervous for that game because like with the Redfall news, that that is still you know a little bit of a shit storm. There's so much riding on that game. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll see how it shows. You know, at at this uh, whatever Microsoft summer event is. Yep. But uh, uh, before we move into the next thing, I forgot an announcement. Uh, we forgot that humanity. You're the, pregnant. Yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Humanity, the Shibu Inu puzzle game, is is a PS Plus extra day and date release. Did you see this, John? I did. I, I did. That's the perfect type of game for that yeah. for me. Like that's that's the exact type of game that I would have been very reluctant to spend. I don't know what the. I'm guessing it's probably a twenty nine ninety nine game, maybe twenty four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I I anticipate Nick this game to be a very well received critical game. I'm kind of mad at myself for not picking it up in the fantasy league. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> um, but you know, so I think it's going to review well. And but it's a puzzle game, and I in these games every single time. I love the first five or six levels until it reaches a point of complexity that I go, nope, my brain's not good enough. Um, but, you know, if, if it is something that's, like, enjoyable and the mechanics are good, like, I could totally see myself uh, stepping into some of this because I think there's, like, about 100 levels and some of the ones I saw were, it, during this weird-ass trailer they launched was were kind of cool. Um, and, you know, if you get stuck, just watch a fucking YouTube video and you'll be fine. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so it'll be out May 16th with all the other... PlayStation Plus extra games, which we don't know about at this point, but yeah, that was a cool announcement that I totally forgot to put at the start of the episode, so just wanted to sneak that in. Alright, so the other big news of the week is the Street Fighter 6 Showcase. Uh, This occurred on April 20th where they showed a pretty lengthy I forget the exact amount, it wasn't quite an hour but it was pretty long. Uh, It was hosted by Lil Wayne. I don't know the connection there. I can't tell you, but that was that was funny. Him kind of being the uh, intermediary Weezy. and clo- opening and closing guy between all these Japanese developers. Uh, Dude, Little Wayne is is he's. I feel like an old man saying this, but he's so 2010. Like what? <laughs> uh, good for him though. Good for him. But cool. I guess he does kind of fit with the urban vibe of the game, so maybe that's the connection. That's, that's um, but. Uh, yeah, it, it showed off. It started off with the world tour mode, and that is kind of the single player content. 
And what this is, is it's basically Yakuza meets Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looked like initially when they showed it off. Yeah, so you, it's, you, you're, you can fully customize your character. Uh, so you do that right off the bat. Uh, you've, you can fully explore this world. You can go to other countries and whatnot. And uh, everything is very Yakuza. It feels Yakuza. How your character moves is Yakuza. Um, you can get chased by guys with boxes on their heads and they'll start a fight with you. Sick. Uh, you can fight refrigerators at one point he was fighting. Sick. <laughs> uh, can I, can I uh, punch a car like in the old Street Fighter 2 like bonus stage? Can I, like, can I blow up a car I, with my fist? I'm sure you can because it, that is that they show that in the arcade mode. They are the be normal uh, – uh, fighting grounds mode, which is the arcade mode. They showed Cammy fighting a semi truck, <laughs> beating the shit out of it. So nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is um, that you get you get quests. There are vendors. There are stores to go to. Your menu is oh, your shit. cell phone, so you get text messages from Street Fighters. Uh, you go and you can have a Street Fighter be your sensei or your master, and then you start learning their moves. So you can kind of like incorporate their moves into your character. Uh, you can give people items to increase your bond with them. <laughs> they wow. showed the character giving Chun Li like flowers or something, and it increased their bond. Hell yeah! So it it looks kind of it looks kind of fun. It's like this interesting fleshed out single player mode that we've kind of seen in trailers before, but they kind of fully showed it, and we'll get into later was playable uh, after the showcase, uh, but. Uh, does any of this sound interesting to you? Uh, way more than when I initially just saw saw it the first time we saw Street Fighter Six, and I, I find it incredibly interesting and good on them. It just it shows what a different Capcom we we are experiencing compared to ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Street Fighter Five launched with zero single player content, like at all. Yep, I, I believe it was just fighting functionality which you know a lot of people were kind of pissed off about now and you know fast forward to capcom today and they're like yeah we're not only going to do like you know a cool um, you know single player thing that you know you might just expect to be a side content but like it's going to be robust we're going to make a whole thing out of it mm-hmm. and really show people why capcom is you know incredible right now i'd, I'd be interested to see you know if um I got to imagine, you know, at a developer like Capcom with thousands and thousands of employee, employees that they have, you know, they have their Street Fighter teams and their Resident Evil teams and things like that. Uh, I wonder if they like, yeah, kind of employed the, the help from some of the other teams of like people who know a little bit more about the RPG side of things or just the stat building side of things, mm-hmm. um, you know, to make this like a, a full fledged thing. It sounds it sounds like it's not just a blow off side project. It sounds like it's a yeah, definitely a something you can sink your teeth into, which is super cool. Yeah, no, it has. It has cutscenes. It has you know your characters increasing in level. Uh, you can just explore the city, and if you'll see people with levels above their head, you can walk up to them and hit X, and you'll just get in a battle with them, and you'll gain experience points. Okay. Um, yep. Dude, that yeah, that's exactly what I want out of fighting. Like, <laughs> I. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it looks pretty interesting, and yeah, we'll get into a little bit more. A little bit later here, and then they showed off the uh, battle hub, and that's where. You- also, can we can we pause real quick? I just want to I just want to sh- put a shine on what a stupid thing I just said was. That's what I want out of my fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fight. I want to run around the world and press X when there's. <laughs> uh, it's so stupid. All right. Anyway, sorry. 
<laughs> but you would think maybe like the, this kind of content will engage you more to try out the rest of the stuff and that leads us into the battle hub and that's where mm-hmm. you take that customizable character where you teach all these moves and whatnot you take them and you can fight them against other people yep that's exa- you're exactly right that's that's what fighting games are missing for me is is a motivation to want to improve on my skills that's not just going into a training mode and going combo 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 uh was that right no okay <laughs> let me try it again and like that yeah, it just gets old and you kind of get sick of it but if there's a way to like yeah have fun level up a character get, unlock some stuff for sure that's cool yeah yeah, exactly. And so they showed off that there's customizable clubs, so you can be in a beginner's club or a fan club for this character. So you can just create your own clubs in there. Uh, and then finally, they did get into you know the Street Fighter that we know, and that's the fighting ground. Um, again, we've seen this before. Uh, there were some cool things like uh, fights can get uh, dirty quote-unquote like your clothes will take damage your you get bruises and cuts as the fight no. goes on <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like you can kick him in the balls <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's guile's yeah, thing d- right different different kind of dirty oh no that was uh, uh, johnny yeah. cage's thing i'm sorry i'm getting them yeah, confused. He, would, he would do the splits and punch them and the punch you in the balls <laughs> uh, good stuff but uh yeah that's a mode you can turn on and this was an interesting thing that they showed uh, is a there are these really robust tutorials like if you pick you know Ryu and you want to learn about them there's a guide to how to play as Ryu there's all these like there's like there was a whole screen full of training things about how to play the character and then it'll it'll walk you through all those things mm-hmm. but one of the cool things that they did is that you can turn on this mode which makes a sound indicator for everything you do so you will have a sound indicator how close you are to a guy. So as you move close to a guy, the sound will change and you'll kind of learn that's the distance for like certain right. attacks and whatnot. Right. And when you're right, right up on top of them, the sound is like really like really high, you know, and then when you as you back off, it's like, OK, the, only this amount of moves can reach them and so on and so forth. Um, if you jump and you do a crossover, which means you you know, you hit them, you jump above them and hit them just so right in the back to take damage. It makes another sound. It's like this really interesting way to like kind of analyze the fight and maybe learn what to do is not just by all the visual indicators that you see, you know, all the frames and whatnot, but just like these, these audio cues. And I thought like, that's at first I thought this was like an accessibility option. It was like, no, this is how you can learn to play the game. Yeah. It's like, sounds like they really thought, they did a, you know, accessibility, accessibility is all all the hotness right now. And while this isn't, you know, like you just said, it's not accessibility, it does seem like developers have taken a very serious undertaking with trying to figure out different ways that that they can reach groups of people that might not be interested otherwise, right? Like, mm-hmm. the ability, you know, like, there we've all went through school and they're like, well, I'm not an audio or I'm not a visual learner. I'm a do it in you know myself type learner or i'm a person that you know i have to listen to something mm-hmm. so why would that not translate into something like a fighting game where it's like i can't do this if they i just read a menu that says like okay now make sure you're one let punch distance away like but if you can give me yeah this auditory thing that like triggers my brain to maybe think in a different way that's that's yeah that's good on them for trying something different yeah, it'll it'll be interesting in practice. I'll, I'll I wonder if that'll if that will make a difference for people. It's like wow, I'm. I bet it will at first, and then you'll probably eventually want to just turn it off after you're you're you know probably 
you know, graduate from a novice to a, an intermediate mm-hmm. player, you know, something like that. Sure. But uh, cool. Yeah, and then they went into all the uh, extra content, which is not shocking. Street Fighter Five, man, got support years and years and years after. And so they went into all the new fighters for year one, which includes some returning favorites. You got Rashid, Aki, Ed, and your boy Akuma. He, he'll be in the uh, first year of content. Okay. So, so there'll be tons of post support for this. Uh, they did get also into the esports stuff. They're going to have a $2 million prize pool for the Whoa. upcoming, and it'll all be Street Fighter VI. Uh, so it's cool to see <clears throat> Capcom just like a thousand percent buying this game, not only the single player content, but the esports scene as well. Uh, they, they, it seems like they're they're attacking on all fronts, you know, yeah. for the diehard yeah. fans and for you know the people that are on the outside looking in and want to try and try it, try it, you know. I it was, it was a very impressive showcase. Well, that's the perfect segue, Nick. Are you buying this game? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I still haven't made up your mind, huh? Yeah, we'll we'll see how it reviews what people say about the single player content. Um. If 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 it's okay. if it feels good and people are really into it and this is like one of the best reviewed games of the year, probably. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I I always wonder. You know, I, we've t- I think I've talked about it on the show. I know I've talked about it to you. You know, fighting games are that like, you know, white whale. It's like I really want to play them and I and I feel like I'd like them, but every time I try, I just get mad. But I wonder if even it like if I broke through that and enjoyed a fighting game. I wonder if that's a good thing for me. I feel like it'd be bad because those are games that absorb, they, they take up all your time. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, you're Street Fighter and I'll, ooh, Mortal Kombat. Let me try this one out. Guilty Gear. And if I get into one, I don't know, man, that might be that might be a dark day because I can't ever get get out. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. like after, you know, as we'll talk about with Neon White, man, like really, it's so fucking satisfying to get not only good at a game, but to really understand the game. And uh, I got to imagine that feeling with the fighting genre is like, you know, to the to the nth degree. Yeah. Well, it could be just be your next Rocket League. I mean, it could just be that game that, you know, I mean, I didn't really talk about it, but they have a bunch of like lobby modes that are that look exciting where you can have like, you know, personal lobbies of, you know, your friends and you can make all kinds of fa- different matches and whatnot, and they're kind of set up in different arcade machines. So you can have your lobby have four arcade machines, and one is one-on-one fights, and the arcade machine oh, cool. and two is tag team battles, and three is a weird fight where you can't jump or something. You know, like it's it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just I think I know myself, and I would get so mad if I if I went into the world of online fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark place. Well, maybe it's like it's like there's there's something about Rocket League that kind of can be that healthy medium, you know. Yeah, it's very satisfying yeah, I mean, whether you win or lose. Um, I mean, it could be a thing. Like I, I could honestly see the the most amount of success I could see myself with a fighting game would be is if you and I both got it and we both were committed to just fighting each other all the time. <laughs> like I, I don't, yeah, you know, and if and if that's a gateway into into it progressing into something more but it would have to start i think with me and you and somebody that i can enjoy the game with and not just get frustrated that i keep losing that's funny that, that was my street fighter 4 experience i lived with the roommate at the time and we just played each other Same. like yep. we like yep. we play like you know 30 40 matches in a row 
And yeah. and you we were play, we'd always play like similar characters, and we knew like oh if you pick this character if you pick a Ryu I'm like oh fuck he's picking his best guy like <laughs> yeah but it, oh yeah it's very Super Smash Brothers y yes and, you know of course yeah uh, but it's it's it is a lot of fun when you when you break past that initial I don't understand it <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well all right. did you did you get it did you get your your hands on the demo yeah well you're getting ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? That's the next topic. I thought I segued perfectly. What do you mean? <laughs> well, that's what they ended the showcase on, is that oh, the okay. demo is available now on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. So as you're listening to this, you can download this and check out the game yourself. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I actually was watching the showcase, like, I think an hour later. Like, I just went to YouTube and, like, looked it up. So I wasn't watching it live. And uh, at the end, I was like, oh, shit. And I ran upstairs and, <laughs> and started yeah, when, downloading when it. When you told me this morning, I, uh, yeah, I immediately popped it open on my phone. And so I, I plan on, after this podcast, checking it out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so it's... It's not very meaty as far as like the fighting grounds mode, uh, which is the normal Street Fighter mode. It is um, just Ryu versus Luke. You can't pick any okay. other characters. Uh, but what it did introduce me to, and I, I wanted to talk to you about, is this new control scheme, and it, they call it, they, they they call it modern controls, and then they refer to the previous games as classic controls. And in modern controls, they're really focusing on a four button control scheme. In which O, X, and Square are your light, medium, and heavy attack. <clears throat> and they don't mean kick or anything. They're just, that is the attack. So you don't get to pick, you're not picking heavy kick or heavy punch. And then triangle is your special move. So if you're Ryu and you're just standing there and you hit triangle, you will do a Hadouken instantly. You do not have to do the mm-hmm. button combo. If you want to do the uppercut, it's just forward and triangle. If you want to do this, this, the the spinning kick, it's backwards in triangle, and it kind of this is it kind of makes this really simplistic way. And there's more to it. Like R one is a move, yeah. L one is a another move, and I I won't get into the dirty details of that. You'll you'll find out for yourself. But I was playing this way. And it was pretty fun, John. I'm not gonna lie. This, I, that's why yeah. I texted you. I wanted you to check it out. <laughs> that's um, that's that's Super Smash Brothers inputs, man. That's that's yep. smart. That's really smart. Yeah. Um, you know that speak. You know we keep talking about barriers being broken down to get people into a game, and this seems like the the biggest type of barrier you could break down. Yeah, it's it's. It could be fun. It like it, like I said, it could be that stepping stone. You know, like okay, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying this. I've learned the timing. I've learned other characters. Like I, I know the game itself, and now I'm. I want to do the combos. I want to have that touch. You know, I want to be able to determine yeah. what move I'm doing at what time. But uh, I don't know, man. I was like, I. If anything's gonna sell me, what's gonna sell me on this game? It was this mode right here because it made the game very fun. Oh, that's awesome, uh, you know, and that's that's funny you mentioned that because the one of the games I'm about to talk here about here in a second is very similar with the combat scheme, you know, and it felt <laughs> it felt novel and and some like something I haven't experienced in anything except for Super Smash Brothers. So um, I definitely, yeah, I'm definitely down to try that, and you know, that's why I like to play fighting games anyway. You know, it's it's kind of always a bummer when you go into a fighting game and you just go punch, 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 yeah. punch, kick, kick. Yep. Pick it, and then like you get through a match and you're like all right well I, I guess i won but like yeah if i'm doing 
you know, Hadoukens and 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 Shriukens and I don't know other whatever the other crazy noises are. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just going to inherently be more fun, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's making it a lot simpler, right? Like when you yeah. don't have to do the crazy way to do an uppercut. You know, yeah. you just have to hit a button forward. Like you'll be better at timing. You won't get frustrated. Like, oh, I meant to do this, and instead of the uppercut, I just did a forward punch, and now the guy's hurting me. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it looked it felt great. I'm not gonna lie. I remember, I remember with Street Fighter Two, I used to get so mad because I could never do Guile's Sonic Boom because mm-hmm. you had to like hold forward, then back, and then go back forward, and then hit a button. And I was like, I can't do this. I just, I simply cannot do this. And then I would play the computer, and the computer would be son- Sonic booming my ass all over the place. <laughs> and I would get really mad. So yeah, that's if I can, if I can Sonic Boom just by going forward triangle. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's, that's cool. it's either that or backward triangle. That's how simple it is <laughs> in this mode. So, yeah. so yeah, it's like that's. If when you play the demo, I mean, it, it kicks it right off. It's like it introduces you to the tutorial. It asks you how you want to play. So you're going to see this right off the bat. But I, I'm, I'm very curious what your thoughts of this is. And if it, Are we if, able to play each other in the demo or no? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there is online matches. Okay. Just local. Yeah, I figured not, but all right. That's fair. Uh, but the other part of the demo was the World Tour mode. Like I mentioned before, the you know you can you customize your character. You're thrown in the world, uh, and uh, that was that was fun too. Like like I was mentioning before, all those things, uh, you know, you you have levels, and you can just walk up to a person, hit X, and then you're fighting them, and then you beat them, you you gain experience, you level up. It's very uh, so that 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 grind, that dopamine rush is there. And uh, in that mode, it also includes the mode to hit. You can hold R2 and just keep hitting square and you'll auto do combos. Okay. So like if you're just like, you know, like we like kind of like we were talking about with Final Fantasy 16. It's like, oh, gosh, I got to grind out all these fights. Like it makes it simpler by just adding this trigger to just <laughs> auto yeah. attack. <laughs> yeah, you're buying this game, dude. You're buying this game. <laughs> it makes sense anyway. Like, you know, you're going to have Jedi Survivor and then you're going to have all of May for, you know, nothing to play. And then by by June 6th or <laughs> what, June, no, June 2nd, you're going to be like, yeah, I, I got 20 days till Final Fantasy yeah, 16. Let's, let's right. do it. So I'll be starving. Yeah, <laughs> which is good. That's good. Step out of your comfort zone, you know. But yeah, it, it was it was fun. It was it was pretty lengthy. It showed off kind of just like um, it showed off those guys that would rush you, and then you're in like a you're actually in like a gang fight. Like there's like two to three guys on screen, and I had a buddy with me, and we were both fighting together. He's AI controlled, but uh, yeah, we were fighting together trying to beat. <laughs> beat up these dudes. And it's like Streets of Rage all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it was. Uh, and it's very silly. It's, and again, it's like I said, you can auto attack. Yeah, you can right. use items during mid-match. So if you're like, if some guy's kicking your ass, you can just use an item to heal up. So it's got a lot of RPG elements in it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a good introduction to that mode. You know, oh. it was a, I, I'm not gonna lie, uh, all the characters do look ridiculous. Uh, this Good. is a PS4. I have, have it no other way. <laughs> yeah, the, this is a PS4 game, and it does kind of show in this mode specifically. Like the character models aren't that great if they're not a named main character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're running into just random people, they don't look as good. But but uh, I enjoyed my time, and like I said, anyone can check it out. It's it's out there. Well, solid man. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. What? Anytime, anytime. Yeah. I'm always a fan of stepping out of your comfort zone, playing something that is you know not like the 
you know, over the shoulder Sony first party narrative adventure type mm-hmm. game, you know? Yeah. Love those games, but but it's nice to get something different. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. All right. So, you know, last week, Nick, we we were kind of talking about uh, you know, the Resident Evil merchant, right? And IGN made a post about it and we had to we had to take it to task a little bit. But I felt like we did we did our, our boy a little bit dirty. Uh he's a good he's a good merchant. But he's not the best merchant, you know. There's close. there's other one there's other ones out there. And so I thought let's let's go over some of the, the best merchants out there, Nick. You know, the ones that really stick out to us that maybe, you know, give good old Resident Evil Four boy a run for their money. So um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I made a list in true uh, PlayStation Pals fashion. I have five. I believe you have three. Yep. Um, so you know that that's that seems to be par for the course around here. So uh, I'm not sure, but I feel like I should probably go first, seeing as I have a couple more. Yep. Um, and I'm sure we'll get right. a boondoggle. Yeah, probably. But I know this one you will definitely not have. Um, no surprise. Some some of my favorite games out there are the From Software Souls series, and if you are a fan of that series, you know there's one character that seems to show up in every single one of them, and his name is Patches. And um, you know he's kind of just your your standard merchant. You're not you're not doing anything crazy, but the fact that he carries himself through every single game, he's always got a little bit of dialogue. Um, and I believe it's in Dark Souls Three, he turns into a large fucking spider with just a big big head, his big dumb ball. <laughs> head um you know where where his face should be um you know he's just he's just kind of the the merchant of that series if you were to ever you know pin it on one person and so i gotta give a shout out to my boy patches just because uh <laughs> you know he, he's been there through through it all with us because those uh you know sometimes you need a an extra little little pick me up in the soul world you know <laughs> yeah yeah and reoccurring is definitely a plus that is something again yeah, I, I think i'm going to take the merchant to task that is one thing he does not do he does never shows up again no no it's cuz he's you know i don't know he's so mysterious and only belongs on in spain i guess i don't i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know all right so also, then again, that'll be the running theme with all my merchants is just how much better they are than the actual merchant is because they actually have an impact <laughs> on the game and the story. You know, sure. they're they're just not there to sell you stuff. They actually add something to the game. <laughs> yep. And my first one is from MGS4. It is Drebin eight ninety three. This is a arms merchant that Solid Snake runs into very early on in the game. Uh, he is accompanied by a coke-drinking, smoking, diaper-wearing monkey called Little Gray. Um, <laughs> and as yeah, any that's... MGS character, he's just got the most ridiculous backstory. Um, his whole plot is ridiculous. You know, he secretly injects you with fox dye, but he was actually doing it to help you. And blah, 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 Kojima story, Kojima story. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a very cool character. I'm not going to lie. Like... He's one of the coolest characters uh, Kojima has made, and uh, you know, and he's a person of color, which is there hasn't been a lot of those in uh, MGS mm-hmm. games. So, no, good choice. I mean, you, you, I think you had anybody at Smoking Monkey. So yeah, he's got you know, a good that's, partner. That's, yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good pick. Good pick. All right, and for my next one, uh, this is a game that I uh, need you to play, Nick. You know, I, I know you know you need to play it, but one of these days I'll get you to do it, and that's Undertale. Uh, and in Undertale, there is a little character that is kind of it's kind of a hidden character. And when it comes to merchants, she's not robust. She doesn't really give you much, but 
if you play Undertale, you know that this game is just oozes with charm. That's what it is. And this character's name is Temmy. And Temmy is kind of like this little dog thing. Uh, it could be a dog. It could be a cat. Um, you know, that basically you go and talk to and she just talks to you kind of in the way that like over the top people talk to cats and dogs you know it's like oh it's so 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 cute oh my guy he's human he's too cute and he did but that was in a really really cute way um that is you know in par with the charm of of undertale um and you even could do like ridiculous things like if you give her enough money she'll eventually go to college and then come back from college <laughs> and and then she'll learn how to sell you this other armor that basically breaks the game wide open and she's like oh i want to give you this armor but like i don't want you to be sad when you break the game and you you know it's no it's not difficult and stuff and it's like kind of third wall breaking Again, if you if you play Undertale, you, you know. Um, but Temi is basically the embodiment of that game in one single character, and she's you know uh, adorable. Okay, so, got to give it up to Temi. <laughs> yeah, and I know that game is very humorous, so I can imagine that's a, <laughs> that's a very silly absurd. character. <laughs> it is. All right, so I it, it's been a while since I talked about this game, uh, Persona Five. <laughs> there is a merchant in the game, Tai Takumi. She is the doctor in the game and also also the death confidant. Uh, you know, she's the nurse that is okay with uh, using a high school boy as his guinea as her guinea pig. You know, giving you all kinds of weird liquids and then monitoring your health as you drink them, um, and jokingly saying, "Oh, it's not gonna kill you." <laughs> 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 and then, of course, you know, as the ultimate bond between you and this. Uh, shopkeeper is, you know, you sleep with her. So, you know, awesome. how many merchants are we going to talk about that you, you know, you get to sleep with as the, the main character? I was about to say, she's kind of got this uh, goth babe thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Got, like a, got like a choker on, short black hair. Yep. Yeah. I can dig. Yeah. Yeah. Very good character. Very good story. Again. Tai Takumi. Much better than the merchant. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna try and go for your third boondoggle. I don't, or this will be the boondoggle if there is one. Uh, Brock and Sindri. It am is I right? The boondoggle. Yes. There it is. Brock and Sindri. So, um, you know, not much to, not much more to be said. Nope. God of War has been on this show so, so, so much. So, not gonna run it into the ground. But um, just some of the most charismatic, um, you know, merchants I can recall. They have very heartfelt stories. You can, you can tell that there is so much backstory and past between excuse me between these two um that they are eventually able to overcome um and you know not going to spoil Ragnarok but there's some big heavy moments with them as well um Brock is foul mouth and I that always is a plus for me with anything <laughs> you know if you get a foul mouth little shithead that just kind of you know doesn't give a fuck about anybody uh, and how they what they think and um you know, and they're they're badass dwarves. They make you the fucking weapons you need in God of War. Like I can't think of a better a better merchant out there, right? They make these weapons you need. I don't see the merchant making the guns that you buy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Brock true. and Sindri are uh, our top tier. Yeah, merchants and again, for sure. compare them to the merchant. Like I just, it's night mm-hmm. and day. Like they're an integral part of the story. You know, Huge one part. of the biggest plot points in God of War Ragnarok involves them. If this Several. was Lord of the Rings, they w- they would be in the Fellowship. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, Rock and Drew. Yeah, they. Well, yeah. We. I don't want to give away any spoilers, so we'll just kind of leave it there. Yep. I hope. I hope we see. I hope we see them again, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. So, so what do you got? All right. Well, I'll just rattle off my last two. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Karen from Hades. Uh, you know, yes, he, I, he, I thought that was going to come. Did you? Yeah. He's uh, he's just a, one of those characters that you kind of get attached to for some dumb reason. You don't know why. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't say words. He just grunts at you and goes, you know, but in. Um, in a comical type way, um, you know, and eventually if you uh, he's kind of in front of this bag of money by his shops. And if you go in there and try to take a ba- take the bag of money, he basically turns into like the hardest boss fight in the game. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's yeah, it's just a unique merchant. The fact that, yeah, he's kind of like this, this guy, you know, obviously in the realm of Hades, Karen is the 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 boatman that that takes the souls to Hades. So, you know, he's obviously a big part of this world, but the fact that he doesn't talk, the fact that you can fight him, um, you know, I think he's he's a pretty cool dude. Um, and then lastly, um, Emil from Near Automata. He is the, if you've ever seen kind of a picture from Near Automata that is not 2B or 9S, you've, it's probably this guy's face. His face <laughs> looks like almost like a moon um, with literal eyes and a really big shit-eating grin why, mouth on it. Why but. is he? Yeah, because he is kind of like the the icon of the game. He's kind of like the Morgana of Persona, or uh, yeah. uh, what's uh, spacing on the bear from Dankenrampa? Rampa? Um, uh, Monokuma. Monokuma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of um, like the the face of this this game. And and why is that? Uh, I think it's probably because he is one of three characters that I can think of that exist in both near uh, replicant and near automata. Basically, he was a small child in the first game. Um, I don't remember the specifics, but he eventually basically merged with his sister uh, and okay. and and was granted immortality. And then so you you see him in in automata, and he's just you know basically roaming the wastelands for centuries and you know for a long long time. But so he's he's got a really tragic backstory that they really dive into. Uh, he turns into a boss himself, you know, towards the end of the game. But I think it's just one of the, you know, that he's got a very unique face. He's easily recognizable. You know, it's a, it's a type of a mascot that you can put on a property and, and you kind of know immediately what it is. Exactly. Um, you know, and it's a little more maybe PG than than 2B plushies, you know. So they got a, they had to find a, a different character to attach to it. But, you know, he's, yeah, he's just, he's goofy. He's he's silly. He's got a, a silly little theme song that plays when you're by his shop. Um, so he's an easy character to kind of make an icon. But, uh, um, you know, he's he's just, he's got a very, very heartfelt story that, that if you dive into it and you really take the time in this game to learn, I think you kind of can't help but walk away liking him. Um, well, you know, it's just one of those 26 endings that you can get in your automata, but, um, you know, it's, uh, 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 you know, if every time we make one of these lists, Nick, you're going to probably get something from near from me. So, you know, <laughs> it just is, is what it is. Yeah. Fair enough. And fair enough. Again, that's, yeah. I hope that that franchise comes back in some way, and I hope I'm in the same room when it does. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I was actually thinking about that the other day, not to get on a near automata tangent, but I believe that game sold like seven. It's like seven million or something. It's like six or seven million, which is very, very good. I mean, those are numbers that that a studio looks at and goes, yeah, 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 sequelize yeah. that. Like we need to, we need to get another one, and it's reached a, a definitely a level of cult. Of cult status, I feel like so. Uh, I, I expect to see it again. I don't. I don't know if it's near Automata two, but I 
believe we'll get something in the nearverse. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. One day, one day. Sure, sure. All right. So all better merchants than the merchant from RE4. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the this is, th- These are the fact these are the facts. <laughs> uh, but you know, he is he is a he is a good merchant, you know, he's he's a good boy. He's just not, you know, he's not the best. But speaking of Resident Evil 4, Nick, I, w- I have been able to get some gaming in, um, you know, wrapped up one big thing that I want to talk about and then kind of go over a new game that I've been playing. Okay. Um, so first and foremost, Nick, I did it today. I finally did it. I beat Neon White. Oh, which that, we're I, in uncharted territory for me. <laughs> yeah, I you know I I kept looking at all of the uh, you know the time trials when you beat it and like okay nope Nick played this one nope Nick played this one and shit dude I feel so bad for you for how far you were in this game when your save file got deleted because mm-hmm. yeah you were right at the end you you it was what it was like it was the second green fight right which was like yeah. mission ten yes yeah and mission eleven my friend is when you get the best thing in the fucking game okay do you know what the do you know what the book of life does. Uh, in the game? I think I got it for two seconds, but go ahead. Tell me. Okay, so the Book of Life is basically a teleportation machine that really breaks this fucking game wide open. I, like, and I, never, I thought the rocket launcher was what did that, was like the thing that, <laughs> that made this game absolute insanity. But Is it like this, a dash from like Dishonored? Like, or it's, it's, it's more than that, dude. Like if, so if there is an enemy... A tress, a treasure chest that you know will have a weapon in it, or a red barrel, and you have that thing in your sights, you will immediately be on top of it. Like you just dash <laughs> immediately to it. So you're zipping, zipping, zipping. You know, instead, it basically eliminates the need to run anywhere. You are just, you are looking for the next thing, and you're dashing to it as fast as you fucking can. Um, does it have infinite use? Just, infinite uses? It ha- Yep. Yes, it does. It has wow. infinite use. Yeah. So you're just going balls to the walls. Um, and just, you know, just constant zip, 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 zip. And it's so satisfying, dude. Like, I, I to the point, like, with this with this mission specifically, I was having so much fun with it that I got four reds, I think. Four of the red times just because I was like, I can do that a little bit better. I can do that a little bit better. I can, I can knock off a, a fraction of a second there. Or, like, the shortcuts that are opened up with this one are just absurd. Because you can just fly off the edge in some seemingly random direction. You're like, oh, there's a thing I can see in my sights. And then you just, boop, now you're at the end of the level. Um, so I, I, I would, you know... I gotta say, dude, if you ever are in the mood to get back to Neon White, it's definitely worth it to just for just for Mission Eleven alone. But um, yeah, so after getting through this game, um, I, I I think it's in favorite games of all time territory, dude. Like it just I was, kept I was getting, gonna ask you, uh, you, you the, it's the game review so, it. It's so perfect and like the level design is is top tier the fact that there are so many different ways to tackle a level like again when you start to get to these levels where you have the rocket launchers in this book of life there is so many different paths and ways to take and and just the the loop that is created with with um the the speediness of the levels the fastness of the movement the precision of the aiming the the movement system that's unlike every anything i've ever experienced before and just the the game design right like you're talking those two things are like game breaking right but Mm -hmm. they are introduced late in the game that you're so used to all the mechanics you're used to like like getting those inches and those those seconds off just by 
cutting the littlest of corners is that when they mm-hmm. it's like they it's almost like a the power fantasy right it's like they give you the weapons that just go go crazy like you you yeah. know what the, the goal is you know what you have to do to get through the level like we're going to give you this item and, and we in all missions one through you know, I forget where they introduced the rocket launcher, but one through eight, for example, are just are just build up to this moment, like yeah, for you to go crazy and just have have fun, have that power fantasy, but have it be in a tra- traversal kind of way. Yep, yep, exactly, and and just the way that everything builds upon everything, like you know, as you get to the end of this game, you start doing, you know, like I think some of the some of the uh, levels are more in the minute and a half to two minute range, but like one of the last levels is a really cool one where you're like, you start in the start in the beginning and you're just getting pistols, and then all of a sudden you're you got your book of life, and now you're zipping, and you go through each of the different weapons and kind of use. I think the level's called marathon, and so you're doing basically each of the weapons in order. To just kind of like you know be like hey remember all the shit that you done you did throughout this game and it's just one of the, one of those examples of a game that knows exactly what its mission statement was and nailed it absolutely to perfection and I gotta say too like you know the the story the way the story wraps up it's very satisfying it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not the star of the show but it's better than I think it has a right to be serviceable. Um, <laughs> It's serviceable, but like you know, it, but towards the end too, like you know, the stuff that you haven't seen yet, you know, it it, it does. I watched make the video. Ca- I know what happens. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know, like when don't, when you don't, kind don't of, spoil it for people, but I won't. When but when you get more of the backstory from these characters and kind of what went down, you know, it's it's pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kept getting better and better and better. So I uh, just to you know kind of let you know where I'm at. Uh, I am the level two neon right now. I need one more ace. And then I will have all aces, all gifts. Um, so that's basically everything from the main game. And so then that'll just leave the the um, heaven and hell rushes for all of them. And then I got to beat fucking green up that tower twice, which I, that's going to be the one that that breaks me. I'm yep. hoping I'm hoping that that's not. Uh, you know, I've watched some guides though, and there's like guys that beat it in like a minute fifteen when like the the mission is like four minutes. I'm like so. How did you? How did you do that? <laughs> Just I don't. I don't quite get it. But I think there's ways to cheese it. Where basically, like, if you get in front of like his last crystal with a shotgun, you just like you line him up perfectly, and you go pop pop, and then you get a shotgun blast. And if you do that like every single time, um, you can kind of get him because you just need to beat. You just need to get his health bar. It's really not a timing thing. It's more yeah. more managing his health. It's, so it's, yeah, um, I got the first one, and it's yeah, it's more about getting as many little pot shots as you can. Yeah. And he's flying around above the screen, so it's kind of hard, especially with the controller. I imagine with the mouse and keyboard, That's, it's nothing. With the mouse, but, not too bad. But, uh, but yeah, it it wasn't as hard as I thought. It, again, it's it's just another, like just like all the time trials, it's just one of those things that you're just going to keep doing and doing and doing, and then you're going to get the perfect run and be like, yep. oh, got it, boom. Yep. So, yep. so I'm, I'm excited to... To really see what uh, how how far first time I get in neon in white's uh, heaven or hell rush, which is every single level in the game in order. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if if you eliminate the necessity to get through the level as fast as you can. Do these become a little bit more manageable? Um, but I, I fully intend to get the platinum, so I'm not Ooh, done with it entirely that yet. My, but that I, was I, one of my questions. Yeah, I, I am going for it. It's too good. It's it's simply too good to to give it a, a PlayStation Pals rating. It's getting a five. Good. Um, that was another question. It, <laughs> yeah, it's getting a five. It's it. If you this is this is a recommendation that I think people need to take and look it determine what kind of a gamer you are. But if you are somebody who likes fast paced 
shooting or quick movements, tight controls, all the things I always talk about on this show, you owe it to yourself to play this game. It's 25 bucks. You know, it's well worth full price, but if you can get it on sale, it's even more worth it. Um, I know we've talked this game to to death, so hopefully we don't have to bring it up anymore, but gotta, gotta really really give a shout out to neon white yeah don't let the videos deter you for sure of the game just i I think just try it it's it's something special Mm -hmm. it's it's so unique there's not a lot out there like it but i do have Uh, one more question sure did you find idiot island no i don't think so (laughs) no so that's interesting because uh violet i've got every single gift and i'm missing one thing from her so doesn't it have to do with Violet? It does have to do with Violet. It is one of her levels. Okay. Okay. Um, I have to. Look, I have to look into that then. It is a yeah, trophy, so you have to. You'll. You'll have to do it if you're going for this platinum. Uh, okay. But basically, in one of her levels, uh, I think it's the submachine gun card where it's a ground pound. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of one of her levels, you can. You have to ground pound between like. 10 floors or something and the floor right before the end you don't want to ground pound because that's where the gate is but if you get in the rhythm and you ground pound your way all the way down you'll end up on idiot island which is an inescapable (laughs) island with a sign on it making fun of you (laughs) Uh, and then you have to replay the whole level again uh, that's very violent. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's very violent. <laughs> but I was hoping you would discover it on your own. I guess you're a better player than me because I found it immediately. <laughs> well, I remember like I remember that level. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just better than you. I guess you're right. You know? That's why that's another reason I want you to go through this this game again so you can see, you know, we can get a good representation of our times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, super good. Not no more need needed. No more needed to be said about Neon White. Um, and then also Nick, I am continuing my playthrough through Resident Evil 4. Again, I don't I don't have a lot to say. I'm I'm on chapter 6, so I'm approaching the castle. Um, continue to having just a ton of fun with it. Um, I'm surprised by how much I'm liking it. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those whole package games. I think you know, I think it's like the looting system's fun. There's there's barrels all over the place. That's always fun to to find new things. I think the combat it continues to be fun. I like headshotting and and trying to come up with a with a roundhouse kick. Um, you know, I realized that I was enjoying it because like I got all 39 of 39 treasures in the village area, which I wasn't even intentionally planning on doing. I like just looked up. I was like, oh, I got them all. So like really really kind of just in the zone with it. Now I am coming up to the castle area and so I know there's the catapult you know madness mm-hmm. and um, some more of these high intensity combat focus areas but you know I'm I'm still enjoying it for what it is you know which I'm it is much more of a action game than it is a horror game so um, that's going to get a lot of my attention now that neon white is kind of on the back burner you know if I cuz that's kind of a question I got to ask myself is like do I just immediately pursue the platinum with it or do I set it down but do I then I'll lose a step with my skills so mm-hmm, you know I probably need to mm-hmm. stay focused on the end white but Resident Evil will be continued right behind that but um, lastly here Nick one of the games I I wanted to talk about because it's not a very well-known game it just came out but I've never heard anybody talk about it and the only reason I checked this out is because I'm a sucker for reviews and I saw it sitting at an 88 on open critic uh, and I was picked it up on my switch because I thought you know it's this is a, a good type of game for that and the game is called vernal edge it's a Metroidvania developed by hello penguin team LLC um, like I said uh, 
88 on Open Critic. So I thought, well, let me check this out. What what makes this game special? And I immediately, uh, upon looking at the screenshots, you know, you can kind of it's it's very indie, right? It's got pixel art. Um, you know, if you if you're familiar with these kind of Metroidvania games, it's it's. You can kind of probably see it in your mind's eye how it looks, but I will say the pixel art is very, very well done. Uh, the the sprites are excellently excellently animated. Um, you know, there's lots of fluidity to it. Like your character has a sword in her hand, and you can even hit a button. She'll like kind of flick it through the air, kind of in an arc over her head, and it all looks very, very smooth. Characters are constantly bouncing. Trees are constantly swaying. Um, you know, good stuff like that. But uh, what the what this game really does well, and where I think it really shines, if you're into Metroidvanias, is its combat. And this is the game, Nick, that I was referring to when you were talking about the one button system for Street Fighter, um, where you are a character, you know, with a sword that has the ability to dash, the ability to parry, and everything like that. But the controls are very, very tight, um, and what this game does is it has a very similar thing to to that one button system where if you're pressing forward with your um, with your attack, you're gonna do a different attack. If you're pressing up, if you're pressing down, and then each of those also has a power attack for it as well that you unlock. So, you know, you have a, you hold down the attack button, you charge up your special or your power attack, and you'll you'll hit the enemies a little bit harder. Um, and you it allows you to kind of bounce the enemies around and really start to juggle with them, play with the different attacks and moves you have. Um, because each of these encounters, not all the time, but most of the time if there's something that's a little more intensive it's it's kind of arena based where you get into a, a combat zone the walls shut down you know until you're able to beat every single enemy and get out of there um, kind of think a devil may cry you know, something like that um, but with the fluidity of the combat the way that all of the combos and things work together um, you know it, it makes it really fun you know you, you also have magic ability so you know you kind of you dash through an enemy, which you have iframes on. You hit him, hit him up in the air, hit him up in the air again. Dash over to the other guy. Use your magic to, um, you know, hit the other person from afar. More guys spawn in, and you kind of like find this this nice rhythm with the combat. Uh, because one of the other things that you have to do is manage um, breakers on the enemies. So um, you can kind of picture. On, underneath the health bar of each enemy has like these little blue spheres and so if there's two blue spheres you got to hit them with two power attacks to break their guard and then that allows you to start juggling them um, so it's kind of this you know song and dance of of making sure that the guards are down getting them you know man managing the amount of enemies on the screen you know you don't want to uh, you know neglect people too long otherwise you're gonna get overwhelmed um, but the combat really does shine now I will say, you know, I'm probably four or five hours in and it does have some problems. I don't love the navigation system. One of the hardest things in Metroidvania is to get right is to allow the player to kind of get lost, but always allow the player to get back onto the right track when they need to. That's that's Metroidvania number one probably issue, you know, so and I don't know if this game does that that well or if I'm just missing it because one of the things that sets this one apart is there's this overworld system where you kind of get into a ship uh, skies of Arcadia I think is what immediately comes to mind you're not you're not doing combat in the ship but that's how you like navigate to these different mm -hmm. islands sky islands I guess is what you could call them and each of those sky islands has its own map and so you know, right now, at least in this part of the game, all I'm trying to do is find out more information about my father, who is the bad guy in the game. And the little my little companion is just like, we have to go find more information. And I'm like, great, 
which of the nine islands is it? And they're like, we have to go find more information. And it's just like, well, I don't, you know, I just unlocked a ground pound, which lets me go through, you know, barriers that are underneath me. So, of course, I've played enough Metroidvanias. I know that now I probably need to find that thing somewhere that opens up the next path for me. It's just there's no... I need I need I don't need to be told where it is, but I need to at least have like, hey, it's this island or hey, you know, something. And so, um, you know, I got to I got to figure out that part of it, because unfortunately, I'm at the point where it's like I almost need to just watch a video. And that's that's annoying. I don't want to I don't want to have to do that. So, (laughs) you know, I I'm not I'm not in love with it, but it is nice because it is a switch game. I continue to forget how beneficial the switch is for me when i'm trying to squeeze in games here and there you know it's just nice to be able to pick it up and and you know play it for 10 minutes when my my daughters are drinking their milk or my son is <laughs> watching a show or, or whatever the case sure. so um you know i might i might continue to play it but i also um just on a whim because i ha- i am who i am bought rogue legacy 2 on switch because i completely forgot that that's only on switch and i loved the first one i haven't played it yet um it's just another game that you know if i do get burnt out on vernal edge to continue playing something on the switch um because the first one was great and i've heard this one is great as well and it's not on playstation platforms yet so uh was hoping to check that out but it's a really good game if you're into metroidvanias if you're into pixel art older school vibes with really tight solid combat um i'd give it a look-see it's on playstation as well it's not just on switch um and it's 20 bucks so it's not going to break your bank but uh you know it's a it's a game you know it's okay (laughs) I'm, i'm not i'm not not regretting my time with it so it's, which is always a win it's weird yeah you say it's an 88 on open critic but not a lot of people are reviewing it is that weird no it is weird like <laughs> it, it it came out march 13th i think and it just showed up on open critic which means i you know i'm sure open critic has a minimum threshold of reviews needed before a score gets posted so yeah it, it didn't get a lot of traction in circles um from any of the big publishers or outlets or anything like that as well so i don't know if it's just going to be this word of mouth thing or if it will just remain one of those obscure games that just kind of gets lost to history but um you know i figured i wanted to check it out now because if i do what i always do and i'll just wait for a sale i i know the timing's not going to work out so i took the bullet you know i took the took the bait (laughs) nintendo's got a great um like rewards program and i had like i think 11 dollars built up in just like pre-purchased coins or whatever you call it so mm-hmm. picked it up for like eight bucks um you know and it's a yeah it's not not too bad good little indie <laughs> thing cool yeah john always bringing the indie games yeah you know i gotta provide some value to the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so that is six things john do you have anything to tease for next episode? Well, I, uh, I'm off work all next week. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not doing anything crazy fun. My mother-in-law is uh, going to Mexico for a well-deserved break. Um, that's who I had to drive to the airport at 3.45 a.m. this morning. So um, I'm hoping, you know, the girls, like today was kind of a test run of how much game time I could get in. Uh, and it wasn't too bad. So I'm hoping... I would love to be able to get through Resident Evil 4 by next podcast. It's possible. I, I don't know if, you know, I also don't really want to be having my girls around while I'm playing that. So, you know, I don't know what that does to baby brains, but it can't be good. No. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, just that. And then, um, you know, hopefully I can maybe, you know, smash out this neon white platinum. And uh, good luck. <laughs> 
Yeah, you doubted me. You doubted me before, Nick. I don't. I don't think you thought I could get that Cuphead platinum. Yeah, but I got that. Yeah, and I think it. Which it's. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, so just to get into it, it's like to get the platinum, you have to do everyone's levels the, that you gave gifts to. You know, the violet, mm-hmm. red, the yellow. Mm-hmm. You gotta do all their levels, and then you and gotta like play you- through the whole game without dying. I know. So it's easy, easy, dude. See, you don't know how good I am at this game now. I'm so good. <laughs> I, this right. game, I know this game like the it back. It seems of my like hand. a make or break one. It's like uh, you know, you'll get on the well, last level of Violet and die, and you'll be like, I can't do this. Yeah, but well, I, I think the speed run for this game is like 30 minutes. So I guess it, it is. If you're if you're playing them back to back to back to back, you're probably yeah only looking at like what 10 minutes for the regular characters, and then. Maybe, I don't know how it's, I'm sure it saves your progress, but maybe like one to two hours if you were to just rush through the main game. Well, so yeah, I, I know like the the world record for uh, White's 97 levels or whatever is like 30 minutes. And so that's obviously insane, boys. Yeah. So yeah, I you know, I would say it's probably going to take me 45 for White and then the, the colored characters... Not too bad, like five to ten minutes. I'm honestly, I'm not worried about them at all. I think they're gonna they're gonna be tough but manageable. It's it's gonna be whites and Mikey, which I think is Mikey's hell or heaven or hell rush is whites heaven or hell rush with only a rocket launcher. It's something weird like that. So oh. I gotta do you gotta do the whole game twice. <laughs> okay, one once with Mikey and like it's different. So. Um, Okay. What I might do is I might just try whites because I already have his unlock. See, you know, just see how truly awful that is. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it would be a bummer to, like, yeah, get all the colored characters, get green's tower thing done and just have no prayer at, at whites or Mikey's because those are definitely the, the hardest ones. But, yeah, that, that's uh-huh. that's a good way to think about it. Get the get the bad one out of the way. Because what, what, what good we, is we just, just one silver trophy? Game. Like, fuck that. Exactly. I want exactly. that. I need the platinum. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't stop talking about this game. Look at us. Yeah. No, <laughs> No. good. Good. I mean, it reviewed well, so I know that's how it got on their radar in the first place. But I know like yeah. you, you instantly latched onto it. I know we were excited for it to come to PlayStation because it was on Switch first. And mm-hmm. then when it did, you know, I went above and beyond and bought this game for John, even though I didn't have you to. You did. You beautiful boy. And, uh, you know, yeah, obviously it, my indie game of the year. I mean, it, it yeah, probably it would be your it would indie game mine. of the year. I, <laughs> if you get this platinum, I, there's no way it can't be your indie game of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it got another review too because it's up to a 90 on Open Critic now. I think it was an 89 before. Wow. Yeah. Just so. incredible. Just mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my side, I knew I knew before we uh, started recording. I mentioned to John where I'm at in Persona 5 and I was like I don't have to talk about that but then that's our bonus episode and that has to be done by next week so I do kind of have to mention it John are you oh, there? I got you. Yeah, I got you back sorry I don't, we're having some technical difficulties <laughs> okay uh, right, go. that I uh, was that I didn't have to talk about it Like, but, but with the bonus episode I do so this is where I'm at with Persona 5 Royal. I mm-hmm. am. All I have to do is beat the final boss. That's all I have to do. I have to beat the final. Oh, it's easy. Yeah, yeah, One of boss. course. But it's a JRPG, so it's a boss with an insane health pool and just this war of attrition. <laughs> it is. 
I have spent several hours on this today because I finally got to it today. Oh, no. And it has just been a frustrating mess because I beat this guy. It's all done. Persona 5's done. I get the platinum. Everything's gravy. But I got to get through this and I have to get through it by next Friday (laughs) so we can talk about it. You'll get. Have you looked up like um, you know just cheese, cheese ways or like, that's kind of the thing about JRPG turn based JRPGs. There's like no way to cheese shit. It's just you just got to keep going. Right. You just got to keep right. laying down the the you know defense spells and the other weaknesses that you got to do. Yeah, and, and just get lucky on you know like crits and whatnot. You know the luck stuff. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, the first video I watched was comp- the first guide that I looked at was completely wrong. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was telling me. There are five different things to attack, and this one was telling me to attack the wrong one. Uh, so that would that that my first playthrough was a wash because of that. Uh, Fuck that guy. <laughs> and uh, so I'm working through it. I've I've had to grind. My build's pretty solid right now. I, I am I'm, I am making progress on it. I just have to beat it. He has three phases, so I'm I can get to phase two now. So. Is his name Aza Azathoth? Azathoth? <laughs> uh, yes, but don't, don't mention more because I don't want to spoil what the the final boss. I won't. I won't. I won't. But, I, yeah, I just saw Azathoth. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's his name. So up up until this point, cool. obviously still loving the game so much. So I just Good. I just want it in my rearview mirror now. I want to. Yep. I, and just I want to be done. I know that feeling. So. I know that feeling. So that'll be my focus, and then I'll take a break because Jedi Survivor will be out next week. Um, yes. I won't. I won't have it to talk about next week, but uh, it'll be exciting because I'm. I'm curious as to where this game's gonna review as well. I would expect north of a ninety. That's you know that would that would be nuts. That would be nuts. That it's would, very 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 good preview impressions. So that would make it know, the PS5 highest only. reviewed game that's not a remake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it would probably immediately put it in the front runner for game of the year. Yep. So, you know, might be short lived with Zelda two weeks after, but yes. <laughs> it'll be a contender for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's coming too. So, so yeah. lots to talk about, lots of games to play. It's we're eating good. Uh, it's it's nice to hear us both making healthy progress in in games. <laughs> yes. You know, beating yes. games is nice. <laughs> uh, I was so happy when I when I when I popped that last trophy for for neon white mm. Mm. now just one more couple more trophies to pop yep yeah you get that mm-hmm. idiot island mm-hmm. trophy <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> all right so the song we're leaving you on i've been listening to a lot of rocket league soundtracks lately john you're you are aware of this rocket league high, it features a lot of great songs you know it's a, it's a game i've played every once in a while yeah <laughs> But uh, this one's been 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 uh, on my playlist lately. It's called Fury. It is by Rogue. Uh, again, just get hyped song, you know. So mm-hmm. hopefully this will bring you some energy as you uh, get into your weekend. And hopefully you're having some good gaming moments there. You're knocking out some games before this storm of games in the next two months. So, yeah. So games, news, it's a uh, yeah, video game Christmas coming up. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be nonstop, back to back to back. I'm yeah. sure Breath of the Wild reviews are coming very soon uh, before that game comes out. But we'll get a good lead into that. 
<laughs> yeah, I would imagine their confidence levels are pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we cool. thank you for listening. We will the we'll have a bonus episode before next episode, but after that, we will be back with six more things. Goodbye, guys. Cool. See you guys. Thank you.